We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. You know who it is. It's your coach, Brittany King. So glad you're here today. So if you've been paying attention this month, you will know that it is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I have dedicated my podcast and social media and everything in between to focusing on normalizing the conversation around mental health. I have these conversations a lot offline, but I think it's incredibly important to have them online so we can change the stigma around mental health and emotional well-being. So if you haven't been paying attention and this is the first episode you're tuning into, make sure you listen to the other episodes this month. I have two incredible guests on the show. One is a client talking about her experience with depression and anxiety and another guest as a therapist talking about how she approaches mental well-being and just incredible human beings. So I was just so grateful to have the conversation with them. So I figured that this episode today would kind of be pulling together everything that I've been focusing on this month around mental health awareness. If you have listened to the other episodes, then you know that I've been doing a challenge and I've been sending out a text message every single day with a different action step that helps create habits around mental well-being. So I figured today's episode is really going to tie together all of this because habits are the important ingredient when it comes to our mental health and emotional well-being. Everyone has struggled with mental health. We cannot deny that it's someone else's problem and not ours. We all have experienced it now on the different ends of the spectrum, sure, but we all have experienced some sort of mental health. I don't want to say problem because it's not a problem, but mental health experience. And that's why I find this topic today to be so important. So today I'm really going to focus in on the habits that can really improve your mental health. Now, the key part of this in particular is this is all about being preventative, right? So when it comes to staying strong mentally, right? And staying healthy, um, our mindset, as well as our body. The key is prevention. So all of these habits that I'm going to share today is all about being preventative. So the best way to think about staying mentally healthy isn't, okay, I'm spiraling. Things are out of control. I'm feeling stuck. What can I do when something goes wrong? because that is being really reactive. The goal is to be proactive. So instead of asking yourself, what can I do when something goes wrong? I want you to think about what can I do in order to prevent those things from occurring in the first place. So the best way to think about staying mentally healthy is all about being 
proactive. And that's what habits help us do. It helps us be proactive, right? So burnout and overwhelm is a choice, a choice that comes from our actions. So being preventive means that you can take the action so it doesn't have to get to that point where you're totally worked into the ground. And the truth is, no matter how strong we are mentally, no matter how many resources we have or support that we might have access to, it is very challenging to pull ourselves out of negative spirals, right? So if you've ever had a depressive episode and you start ruminating and then that develops into a habit of beating yourself up, right? It's also really hard to break the cycle of worry and anxiety once you've started because once you start thinking about worst case scenario and outcomes, your brain is going to spiral in that direction, right? And it's also really hard to just fall asleep once you've spent an hour laying in bed worrying about not sleeping, right? So these things are going to happen. It's just a matter of taking the steps to lessen the effect of when it does, because this is just how our minds work. Our minds are wired for negativity. We have a negativity bias and sometimes that works for us. And most of the time it works against us. And that can often lead us in that negative thought pattern spiral. So just because you might have these types of episodes doesn't mean that you can't pull yourself out of it. I know it's possible because I have pulled myself out of it. I have helped others pull themselves out of it. And that means you can too. Now, I also understand and I have experienced how hard it can be and how much time and energy it can take. And the flip side to that is I know what an incredible life that you can live if you have concrete ways to help you mitigate these negative cycles in the first place. So the first thing I want to touch on is, again, I am not a therapist. I have an amazing therapist for you. If you um, go through this and you still need help or support, you can obviously reach out to my girl, Rachel, um, if you're looking for more like coaching or action steps, like that's what I can help you with. But the first thing I want to touch on is I am not a therapist and all the habits that I'm sharing with you are habits and routines that work for me. Okay. I'm not saying that it won't apply for you, but this is what I have found that has worked for me when I have been struggling with my mental and emotional well-being. Okay. So that is really important to know that all of these um, habits that I'm sharing, they might be worth trying. And if they don't work for you, that doesn't mean anything has gone wrong. You might just need to find a different uh, habit that works better for you. So everything that I'm sharing is not the end-all be-all list of mental health habits, okay? There is tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of different habits that you can take on. I'm just sharing some that I have found have worked for me. So the first thing that I want to touch on, the first habit that I have found to be so beneficial is mindfulness. And I've talked about this before on past episodes, but this alone this practice, this habit alone can help improve your mental health tenfold, right? It is one of the most powerful things that you can do for your mental, emotional, spiritual, physical well-being. So if you're not familiar with what mindfulness is, basically it's paying attention on purpose. So this is how 
you can train and control your attention. So it's really the ability to regulate and control what you focus on, right? Like we are the only creatures that gets to decide on purpose what we want to focus on. One of the most valuable skills you can have just in life, but especially when it comes to depression, anxiety, and other mental health issues. And for me, because I struggled with ADHD and that in itself required a lot of mindfulness to really anchor me in the present moment or else I would just go off on so many different spirals. I wasn't able to self-regulate. I just would always be in this like limbo of thinking. And once I started to practice mindfulness, which anchored me in the present moment, which helped me focus on what was going on in my mind and what was that creating for me, it really helped change everything. So if you want to stop worrying and start focusing on the good that's in your life, you have to be able to focus your attention. And if you want to stop criticizing yourself for every little mistake that you make and stay committed to the goals in your life, you have to be able to focus your attention. If you want to stop procrastinating and start getting the work done that matters the most to you, you want to be able to focus your attention, right? Control your attention. So this in a nutshell could change your life. Like if you just focused in on one mental health practice, um, habit, mindfulness has the ability to change your life. And that doesn't mean it's going to take away all the problems. It's just going to help you give space between what you're thinking in your mind and what that's creating in your body. Once you can give yourself space, you can decide on purpose how you want to approach any given situation. So when you take responsibility for your mind and how you think about things, your happiness and well-being and everything that you want will increase. Literally every area of your life will increase. Like that key word is taking responsibility. You are in control of your thoughts. You are in control of where you want to put your focus and your attention. It just requires mindfulness to get you there. I believe that mindfulness is the most effective way of doing all of the things that you want to do. Now, is it easy? Absolutely not. It is not easy. It's way easier to be distracted. And we live in a world of distractions. So this is going to require a lot of intentional focus in order to get to this place of mindfulness. Now, mindfulness is not something you check off a list. It's something that you live every single day and it starts really small. So I like to think of mindfulness as something that you can do in your everyday tasks. So it could just start with brushing your teeth, right? Just brushing your teeth taking a shower, taking in all the sensations, everything that's going on around you, like just being immersed in that present moment. And then it can become a little bit bigger and then a little bit bigger, but you definitely want to start small. So a very formal mindfulness practice would be meditation. So meditation is focusing on your breath, focusing in your body. Like that is a very formal way of practicing mindfulness. You can use different apps. You don't even have to use an app. You can just sit and focus on your breath and let that build over time. So if you're new to using mindfulness, start small. Start with two minutes and then grow from there. I talk about this a lot, but the smaller that you break these habits down, the more likely you will be to follow through with them in the long run. 
So that's how we do mindfulness. The other element of mindfulness is, again, just getting totally immersed into the activity that you're doing. So that means you're not eating food and on Instagram. That means you're just focusing on eating your food. Again, paying attention to your senses. What does it taste like? What does it smell like? What's the texture? Listening to the sounds around you. This in itself can change your life. So if there's one mental health practice that will really help you, it's mindfulness. The next powerful mental health habit that has really changed the game for me, and this is one of the first habits that I started to get into, was exercising regularly. Now, I first got into it and I was using exercise to avoid how I was feeling. So it's really evolved since then. But just movement in general, like movement is so good for your mental health because it gets you out of your head and your way of thinking, like this pattern of thinking, and it helps really process whatever is going on and increases endorphins, increases dopamine, increases serotonin. So you're feeling really good. The thing about movement is we experience a lot of resistance in the beginning because we know that it's going to be challenging, right? Like it's it's way easier to not move our bodies like than to to move it. Like that's just our brain doesn't want something that's challenging. Our brain wants something that's easy and it's way easier to not move. But if you engage in some sort of movement daily, it can increase your mental health and emotional well-being by so much. Like I I can't even tell you. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this before. If you're listening to my podcast, chances are you have worked out at one point in your life. Don't you feel so much better after you do, you move your body? Like every time. Like there's not a time where you feel worse than when you first started the exercise. So one of my favorites is high intensity cardio. Like even if you just do that for 30 minutes, that can release powerful endorphins that boost your mood. And over time, it will improve brain function and help alleviate depression. I have been teaching indoor cycling for almost nine years now. And the amount of people that are like cycling is my therapy is tenfold. Like so many people have said that cycling is their therapy. And I believe it because I've also experienced that feeling of like release and like dopamine and endorphins and all the good feeling emotions after I was having a not so great day or like I had something that happened that put me in a low vibration state. That movement always elevated my mood. So exercise would be the next powerful mental health habit that I would suggest that you try if you aren't doing that already. Another thing that kind of ties in, because I find that exercise is the gateway into eating nourishing food, um, but eating a diet that benefits your brain, like that in itself can change your whole entire day if you just eat foods that f- that's nourishing. We all know what food is going to help us feel better than other food. And sometimes we think that eating, you know, the cake or having the cookie or the donut makes us feel better and that's just like a momentarily dopamine hit that comes from the sugar, but really long term when you eat food that reduces inflammation and is whole and delicious and nutritious, our mind is so much kinder to our body. Like our body and our mind are connected. So when you're eating food that doesn't make you feel good, you're not going to have great thoughts about yourself. Like this happens all the time. You eat a piece of pizza and then you judge yourself for having the pizza and then all of a sudden you're in a downward negative spiral, 
right? So if you're eating food that feels good, you're not going to have negative thoughts. And this was one of the biggest game changers for me. When I started eating whole food and I cut out processed food and I was really mindful about what I was eating, it was wild, but my thoughts about myself were much kinder. And up until that point, I was really hard on myself. I had a lot of negative self-talk, a lot of self-loathing. I really just lack self-love. And if you know my story, that was a big part of it was just how mean I was to myself. And when I started eating food that made me feel good, my thoughts were really kind and it put me in a higher vibration state. So this is a really important piece of your mental and emotional well-being because our mind and our body is connected. There is no separation. So what we do to our mind, we do feel to our body. What we feed our body, we do to our mind. So it's so important to find the foods that help you feel good because as a result, you're going to have kinder thoughts about yourself as well. So that is the next mental health habit that can really change your life. So the the next piece that I have become such a nut about is sleep. Sleep is probably the most underrated mental health habit out there because we're like, yeah, of course I need sleep, right? We've all heard how important sleep is for everything in our life. Um, and it's true, but the key is getting consistent rest is going to improve your immune system and your mood. Now, I think one of the things that I have learned is the secret to getting good sleep is to stop trying to get good sleep, right? Like we get so stressed out, like if we don't get enough sleep or we wake up and we're like, oh my God, I need sleep, we're going to feel stressed. So we're not going to actually get quality sleep. So what is important when it comes to sleep and getting like quality sleep means being consistent with your sleep habits. And what that means is basically having an, a routine that is the same every single night that will help you relax and unwind. So the more consistent and predictable you can be with your sleep, the better trained your mind will be to fall asleep and stay asleep. If you're inconsistent with your sleep pattern, your brain is going to be very confused and it's not going to help you get that deep sleep that you need in order to really thrive. Another piece about getting consistent sleep is not thinking or worrying in bed. So if you're in bed and you're journaling and you're worrying and you're like bringing up all these thoughts, your brain is going to start going down that path. When you're in bed, you want your brain to only think about one thing, which is falling asleep. So that means you shouldn't get into bed unless you're actually sleepy. And if you have dedicated time and a routine before bed, that will help you leave your worries outside of your bedroom. So quality sleep improves everything. And the secret to getting good sleep is by basically making your sleep routine as boring and predictable as possible. So for me, I have a very boring routine. I literally power down around 7.30. I journal and I read and then I go to bed. Like that is my routine. Monday through Friday. Um, I try to keep it 
pretty consistent on the weekends, depending what types of events that I have. But I have really prioritized this because I know that if I don't get quality sleep, everything else becomes a bit of a shit show um, the next day. And it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it to feel all over the place when the only thing that I need is to get quality sleep so my brain can think clearly and I can function properly throughout my day. So that's the next powerful mental health habit that I suggest for you. The next mental health habit that I think um, you know we talk about quite a bit, but it's just a matter of really following through with this, is going offline. And that means taking a break from social media. Like social media is amazing and that is how I have connected with you in some way and it's very convenient and it's a really easy way to stay in touch with people and know what they're up to. However, there are a lot of negative effects that it can have on your mental health and there's been a lot of studies and there's been people that have dedicated their lives to researching and they have found that frequent social media use can attribute to symptoms of depression and anxiety. And this can become a serious problem when we do this consistently. Like social media and just checking our phones becomes a habit that we don't even realize that we're engaging in until it's too late. So this kind of ties back to that mindfulness habit that I talked in the beginning, that I talked about in the beginning, because if you're aware that you're doing something like checking social media, you'll be able to redirect where you put your focus. So that would be the next mental health habit that I highly, highly suggest is taking regular breaks from social media and maybe even just having dedicated time to check social media. So instead of checking it in between calls or checking it in between breaks or when you're having lunch or, you know, while you're having breakfast, setting aside dedicated time, like, you know what, I'm going to look at social media at four o'clock at the end of the day. And you might find that when you get to that part of your day, you might not even be interested into checking it anymore. And it's not about getting rid of it altogether. It's just being really mindful mindful with how you use it. Another one that you hear me talk about all the time is journaling. Write it down. Never worry in your head. One of my favorite strategies, and I actually used this earlier today, I could feel myself feeling very um, overwhelmed and I felt a little bit stressed. And all I did was just grab my pen and my journal and I just wrote out what was going on in my mind. If I have a swarm of thoughts and I can feel it, like I have a bunch of thoughts going on, I can feel it in my body, I just have to get my thoughts out of my head into real life onto a piece of paper. And when you do that, it becomes very clarifying because this shows us how we're thinking and what that feeling is creating in our body. So instead of it just looping in your head over and over and over and over again, you can see it on paper and it kind of takes away the power of it. When you are taking this practice of writing out what's on your mind, it forces you to slow down, right? So when we're not, when it's just going on our mind, our thoughts are going at a very, 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 very fast speed, which can create that anxiety or stress, right? That creates that pattern that we've all experienced a dozen times. So when you write it down, you're slowing it down and you're actually seeing why and what that's creating within your body. So 
when you're in this practice, it's just like never worry in your head because that just creates, that perpetuates the problem, that creates more worry. So if you're in a place of worrying or you're stressed or if you're overwhelmed, just write it down. This habit is so important because it can also help you keep track of your moods. So if you see a pattern in your thinking and how you're feeling, you you can tell like that's a pattern and then you can decide with intention what you want to do with it. Do you want to keep repeating that pattern or do you want to create something different for yourself? Um, Another habit that kind of ties into uh, moving your body and nourishing your body is staying hydrated. Like this seems so simple, but staying hydrated can have a huge effect on your mental health. And the reason being is your brain is made up of 75% of water. So the loss of hydration can have some serious impact on your mood, your concentration, and your overall cognitive function. So this is super important because it's something really easy that you can do, but we a lot of times just forget about it, right? When the weather heats up and the summer months come, it's a lot easier to stay hydrated because we can feel it. But in the winter time, it's a lot harder to keep up with our hydration. So just setting reminders on your phone, keeping two water bottles present, putting reminders on your computer um, can be really helpful. Like I have the Flow app and I get reminders to drink water every hour or so. And that's always that trigger because if you start to feel dehydrated, that means it's too late. That means that it's already impacting you and it's a lot harder to pull yourself out of that dehydration hole. So you again, all of these practices are for you to be proactive. This is all about being preventative. We don't want to create the problem. We want to be ahead of the problem. Okay, moving right along. Now, this one kind of goes hand in hand. It's kind of a mixture, but playing and just laughing more. Like, have you ever been feeling terrible and then you watch something that makes you laugh and all of a sudden you feel better? That's because it is, again, releasing endorphins that will boost your mood. And another piece of this when it comes to being around other people is laughter creates stronger bonds with people and it helps us connect with those around us. Like when something is funny and you have that shared experience together, it bonds you. And like that piece of connection is also really important when it comes to your mental health and well being. The next mental health habit that I think is one of my favorite is getting outside and getting some sunshine. That is, to me, one of the most important practices that I anchor in. Like if, I, like today, again, I was feeling this like stress and I was able to tune into like what thoughts were creating the stress, but I was so in it that I had to just get up and go outside and I instantly felt better. So if you can get outside, it can not only improve your mood, but it can also help you practice mindfulness. And going back to that first habit, you can see how mindfulness kind of ties into all these other habits. It allows you to really anchor in the present moment and take you out of stress, worry, and overwhelm. So if you don't have a backyard or you are not in a place where you can get outside um, in between different meetings or different tasks or whatever it is that you have going on in your day to day, 
look at your calendar and see when and make it a priority to get outside at least one or twice a week. If not, try to do it every day. Even if it's just for five minutes, it can boost your mood and really help with your mental health. And bonus points for taking off your shoes and grounding and connecting to earth and nature. The next mental health habit that is so important is spending time with people that lift you up and energize you. Now, it's important to know who those people are so you don't spend your time with people that zap your energy because that has a negative effect on your mental health and emotional well-being. But having your core group of people, maybe it's one person, two, or three, that really help elevate your mood by just being around them. And that ties into laughter and that ties into play and that all creates this really strong foundation for your mental and emotional well-being. The last piece of the puzzle that I think it all really comes down to, there's two. The first one is making time for fun that's just for you. This is really important because we often put everyone else's needs and obligations before our own. So if you can make the time for yourself first, it will make all the other things that you have going on in your life so much better because you've actually spent time focusing on you. And this doesn't have to be something big. It could be something simple like rollerblading. It could be coloring in a coloring book, one of those cool Mandela coloring books. It can be playing a game. It can be just going for a walk. It could be crocheting. It could be baking. I mean, the list is endless. But if you don't know what is fun just for you, the first thing would be to make a list of all the things that you think are fun that can help you anytime that you kind of need that little like mental boost. Now, again, you want to be preventative. So it doesn't necessarily be need to be, oh, I'm having, you know, I'm feeling stressed out or I'm feeling anxious or I am overwhelmed. It could be just having that baked into your day. Like maybe the beginning of your day, you do something that's fun just for you. The last piece, the last habit that I find is so helpful to your mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, just your whole, right? Your whole body, your whole mind, your whole soul is gratitude. And if you know me, you know, I talk about gratitude a lot, but the thing about gratitude is it really helps shift your focus from all that you have instead of all that you lack. And it's not meant to lesson or make whatever you're experiencing not matter. It's not meant to minimize it or downplay whatever you're experiencing, but it helps shift your focus and shift your perspective into a place that is going to help raise your vibration, raise your energy instead of keep you in a low vibration place. Because when you're feeling low vibration, which is all what I I mean by that is low energy, and that might be different emotions that are keeping you stuck or keeping you in a negative pattern of thinking. you can't do anything from that place. Like we don't tend to take action from that place of low vibration emotion. 
However, when we're in a higher vibe spot, like abundance or gratitude and focusing in on that, we're able to take more intentional action that's going to create results in our life that we want. So no matter what you're experiencing, even if you're going through a really hard time, it's about honoring and acknowledging what you're experiencing and then being able to shift how you focus your perspective on that experience. Now, it's not necessarily going to fix everything, but what it does is shift your perspective. And when you're shifting your perspective, you're shifting your thoughts and refocusing on what you want you put your energy towards. So remember, gratitude is not about downplaying what you're experiencing. It's about acknowledging and honoring it and then offering up the blessing from the experience as well. You can be in both places. It's not black or white. It's an and, not an or. So having a regular gratitude practice, whether that means writing down your gratitudes, using a journal, um, expressing them verbally to the people in your life, just really coming from that place of abundance instead of lack can really help shift your mental, emotional, spiritual, physical well-being. I use it all the time when I'm running, especially when I'm running. I use gratitude to help me reach another mile. Like I'll just keep telling myself how grateful I am to be able to move and how grateful I am for my body and my legs to be able to carry me over the rocks through the trail. And that helps me continue to move forward when I am experiencing a hard time or there's something that's happening that, um, I'm not necessarily excited about. I sit in gratitude to understand the lesson that I'm going to learn from this, maybe not in the moment, but later on. So the gratitude really helps take my mindset and shift into a place that's going to help me thrive instead of in a place of suffering because pain is a part of life. Pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And so you can be in pain, but also choose to focus on gratitude to take you into that place so you don't have to suffer through whatever it is that you're experiencing. So there you have it. There are the powerful habits to develop for a strong mental and emotional well-being. This practice, these habits are all practices and they don't necessarily all have to be practiced at once. If there's one that resonates with you, try it. Try it for a little bit. See how it makes you feel and then you can choose to move forward with it or not. And eventually over time, these habits will build on each other. So maybe you decide to start with mindfulness and meditation and you do that for a month, and then that feels good, and then you decide to add on another one of these practices, and you'll just see if you stay consistent with them and you start small, they'll build up over time, and they will help you be in an, an incredible headspace, and it will also help your body thrive. It'll help connect you to a higher being, your higher self, a higher power. I mean, the benefits of developing these types of practices are limitless and they help you become limitless because all of these practices just help you be in a very clean mindset. And when you're in a clean mindset, you're going to feel intentionally, then you're going to take the actions that are going to create, produce the results that you want in your life. So all of these practices are helping you control what's going on in your mind. And so you can be very intentional about how you show up in your life. And that's what this is about. A lot of times when we're experiencing uh, mental health problems, we feel like we're out of control. 
right? There's all these things happening around us and we cannot control them. When the truth is, we're just not controlling the thoughts that we have in our mind. So by developing these practices, giving yourself space between you and your thoughts, you hold all of the power and that's how you take your power back. And I will say we live in a modern society that makes it very challenging because we're full of distractions. There's tons of false pleasures around us like social media, online shopping, drinking, eating, you name it. Things that temporarily make us feel better, but in the long term, they don't help us very much. So we just have to be aware of these habits that we have and replace them with new habits that are going to help us create the results that we want in our life. And that's what this is all about. So remember, nothing has gone wrong. You have a human brain and it's just up to you to really be intentional about where you put your focus and how you treat your mind, body, and soul. And everything else will take care of itself. I promise you that. So if you try any of these practices, let me know. I would love to know how they work for you. If there are some that I didn't mention, let me know. I want to hear it all. I want to hear what works for you, what helps you be preventative and proactive in your mental and emotional well-being. I love to hear it. I love hearing from you. If you are interested in a topic for the show, send me a message. I am here for all of it and I'm here for you. I have two spots left for one-on-one coaching and I'm working on a couple of other group coaching things. So if you're interested, please send me a message. I would love the opportunity to help work with you and help you manage your mind so you can get out of the negative cycle of thinking and create the results that you want in your life. All right, my friend, I am here for it and I'm here for you. I hope you have a beautiful day. You finish this month strong. We are almost at halfway point of 2021. Let me help you continue to thrive throughout this year and get wherever you need to go. All right, my friend, until next time, remember to love yourself, own your happiness, and let your light shine because you're so worthy of it, my friend. Until next time.